Freaks, welcome to another episode of the J and B Ray Boxing Podcast. I am your host Jay. Right here via Santa Maria on my laptop is the man, the myth, the legend, B Ray in the motherfucking house. B Ray. I was born ready. Man, it's great to be back. Great to be back to do this show. Uh, it really feels like we haven't done this in months. I, it, right. just, it just feels like we just did a take two. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> this is, we we had we were just recording and I had to stop and I had to redo it again because I didn't like the way I sounded. So I'm sorry. I I, I don't like the bullshit. I don't like the pussyfoot around here. You know. You know. I wanted to say something about that, but I was like, no. I'm just gonna act like we we didn't fuck up. But you know what? <laughs> Fuck yes, this is take two. This is why, folks, we don't go live. <laughs> this is why we don't go live. Fuck it! We're gonna go live! Fuck it! Go live! I saw... You sent me that video uh, not too long ago, so... The reference don't make sense. The reference don't make sense. <coughs> Fuck it! We're doing live now! That's right. So, we were saying before the second take, uh, you've been busy, I've been busy, uh, Friday night, this is Friday afternoon, uh, people probably listen to this, will probably be Friday night to some of you, or it'll be Saturday, depending when you guys listen to it. Uh, Saturday. We do apologize, guys, we like to put these shows out as early as possible, because boxing is, you know, all constantly moving, and we gotta move with it, but, um, this podcast isn't paying the bills, this podcast isn't putting the electricity here for us to broadcast to you guys, so, um... We do apologize, you know. We, we, we weren't here this week until right now, but um, we're here. B-Ray, like yeah. I said, was busy with work. I've been busy with work. And, uh... Yeah, a, lot of, yeah, a lot of work, exactly. Lot, yeah. Which is, it's about to change, hopefully. Yeah, there you uh, go. So, we were just talking about yeah. that. He, you know, you're looking at possible hour changing. So, most likely, now we'll be giving you not more episodes, but more uh, consistent episodes on a consistent day. Yeah, exactly. Like we most like most likely soon we'll be doing the show every Monday, Tuesday, maybe Wednesday. Yeah. So, or at least early in the week, not like not Fridays. Yeah. Not Saturdays. So hopefully then, this happened very soon. And the episode's only happening because Ram Alcoholics uh had to reschedule their date for tomorrow, so that's why we're here tonight. Yeah. Also today, not tonight. So we're here today also because Ram Alcoholics is recording tomorrow. So. Big, not a big weekend, not a big, the uh, big event for boxing this week. Uh, boxing is taking a rest period after going back to back, giving us big fights and big entertainment. But the boxing news still kept coming. Uh, we have a lot of the docket today. Uh, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna review the Saturday, last Saturday night's fight between Gary Russell Jr., Joseph Jojo Diaz, uh, uh, Adonis Stevenson versus Badu Jack. We'll talk about that. 
We'll talk about on the new and uh, this week's news. Lomachenko vacated his junior lightweight title belt and a possible unification with Ray Beltran. Um, our next uh, other topics will be: Is Joshua versus uh, Deontay Wilder getting even closer, or is it getting even farther than we thought? And also, a man who's always an, on on our news cycle, Adrian the Problem Broner, scuffles and pretty much makes fun of the fa- of the offer he got from Eddie Hearn. We got some rumors. We got some uh, the rumor sheet, and more Canelo Triple G news. We start off though with last Saturday night's uh, main event. Two co-main, two main events. I'm sorry, two main events on Showtime last Saturday. Uh, mm-hmm. Did you watch the fights, Brian? I did. I, I I saw them late at night. Uh, you texted me. I was at work. You texted me saying, "Hey, are you watching the fight?" I said, "No," and you were telling me the Gary Russell Jr. The Diaz Jr. fight, it was a lot of body punching, a lot of headshots. And I remember thinking, fuck, I can't wait. So I saw them late at night, and mm. I'm, I guess you want to talk about the first fight, the uh, Gary Russell Jr. Well, yeah, yeah you mentioned that right now, so uh, the call. Okay, wanted to be sure. Yeah, you're the host. Um, no, you, yeah, so, whatever. yeah, so I, I, I got home. <laughs> I, I get home, and I see it late at night. And, and let me tell you, that fight was really, really good. Uh, my girl was sleeping. This was like 11 p.m., okay. and my girl was sleeping. And I was still trying to be quiet, but I was yelling at the TV. Man, I was, uh, again, you know, you and I, were, we were raising in El Monte. And I was rooting for this kid. I was really rooting for this kid. I was uh, shouting, basically shouting at him, telling him more body shots. It was really, really good. It was entertaining. And I don't take away from Gary Russell Jr. He, was, he, he fought a hell of a fight. So I don't want to uh, again. I don't want to take away anything from him. He did a good job uh, doing what he can to win the fight. But uh, JoJo Diaz, man, brave kid. Let me tell you, he's a very very brave kid. And I, I he he didn't look bad. He really did not. He didn't look outclassed. So he shouldn't feel shame. I, I think I want to say that. So at the end of the day, he shouldn't feel shame. He's very young. He can bounce back. Um, I agree with you. Uh. I saw the fight live. Um, I didn't wait until 11 o'clock. I mean, I'm yeah. off Saturday, so I saw it. Um, we gave our predictions the week be- uh, the, the week of the fight, and we said we were both going for Joseph Jojo Diaz. We're, we mm-hmm. said he's going to win, probably split decision. We felt that uh, – I felt our decision was based more on uh, hometown, hometown uh, camaraderie because yeah. we're all from the same area than uh, thinking box – uh, thinking, uh, can I use what word can I say? Thinking logic, not logically, because it it was a anybody can win in boxing. Anybody can win in boxing. Mm-hmm. One punch can can tell the whole fight. Uh, but the betting odds, the 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 boxing critics, all were going towards Gary Russell Jr. as a winner. We and many other people were saying, no, maybe Joe Jodis can pull it off. When I saw the fight, it was punch for punch, body for body shot, head for head shot. Um, Gary Russell Jr. Uh, doing what he does best, and Joseph Jojo Diaz coming in and fighting and showing the heart that he needed to show. Uh, I came out of that fight thinking two things. The first thing I thought about is uh, Gary Russell Jr. is good, but also there's a reason why I'm not a big fan of his. He only fights once a year. Does he? The only fights once here, so I left thinking, "Damn, this guy, this guy is good." The hand speed, the 
the the positioning of the feet. Yeah, the, he, he had a nice jab too. The jab, everything, everything was everything I liked in a boxer. He was demonstrating the last Saturday night. I liked it. Uh, my only the only little criticism I have is he fight once a year. He said um, in numerous interviews, he said I only fight once a year because you know first of all this is a business. I'm a businessman and I gotta get paid. Okay, and he came out and said also. Well, I gotta let my body heal itself. I like to let my body, you know, uh, rest. So you're taking a year rest, which sucks because you put up a good performance last Saturday night, and you probably won over a lot of fans. Yeah. Uh, last Saturday night, and they're they're gonna know your name right now. People gonna people know his name, but you know this is a society that it's not what you've done is what you've done for me lately. So right now you gave him this good fight. We're gonna have to wait a year to see your next fight. So people. The people that liked you and probably you won over are going to forget about you. So come next year, they're not going to tune in and watch you fight again. And he he made it known that he wants to unify. And if he can't unify, he wants to move up to 130. Maybe, maybe call out Tank Davis. Who knows? But uh, I left with that impression with Gary Russell Jr. With Joseph Jojo Diaz, he's a good fighter. Um, I saw him on the Canelo on the cards. I felt he was good. I felt that this was a great test for him. I, you, you hit it right on the right on the button. He has nothing to be ashamed about. He came in, he did what he needed to do. The game plan was not the correct game plan to fight Gary Russell Jr. with. There are moments he should have. I was one of the people that should that said he should have let his hands go. I was one of the people that said that he should have been more active. At the end of the day, I am a person looking from the outside. He is the fighter in the inside. Only he knows why he didn't throw that many punches. Only he knows why he didn't let his hands go. I am just a critic. I have been in the boxing ring. I have sparred, but not sparring and being in a competitive lot in the competitive circuit in front of millions of people watching you on TV, in front of thousands of people watching you in, in live. It is different. So I cannot criticize him, but I do give him a a pat on the back, saying, "Hey, you tried. You showed heart. You showed that you." You belong there because you didn't get outclassed. He didn't get you're right. No. He didn't get outclassed. Uh, it just wasn't his night. And no. and I, I feel he'll take he'll take what happened last Saturday night. He'll go with his team and say we got to do better. And I think he comes back. No, definitely he he'll definitely come back. And I understand when he say that that uh, that I'm just a critic and all that because I again I was kept I kept. You know, yelling at the TV like "Let your hands go," and I know that it's easy for me for us to say that as we watch television. But I just couldn't help myself by going, "Let your hands go, go more to the body," and especially the twelfth round where I was really like going, "Go for the body," because I really thought he was gonna put him down at least. There Maybe not moments, I would put him down. There were and moments so, that he had that I feel he, if you picked up the volume, yeah, especially in the in the championship rounds. I felt that Gary Russell Jr. didn't have a lot in the tank left, and I felt you that I felt found of all those uh, those combinations he was throwing. I felt that if Diaz picked up the pace a little bit more, he maybe could have got him out there, uh, could have got him out of there. Um, but all credit to Gary Russell Jr. He did enough to keep to make Diaz uh, think twice before coming in. He did. Or to doubt himself before doing anything. So, mm -hmm. all credit to Gary Russell Jr. Because, again, I could say throw more punches. Gary Russell Jr. must have done something 
to Joseph to think twice before doing it. And that's a yep. smart fighter because any other fighter would be like, you know what, I'm going to go balls to the wall. And, you know, he could have been a highly real knockout or he could have been the highly real win. Uh, that's It's a flip of the coin. It's a decision. He chose to go that route then go the other route. Again, I'm not bashing him, you know, but uh, it was a good fight. Both guys have nothing to be ashamed about. I would love to see a rematch. No, me too. I'd love to see a rematch. But, I, I think he, I think he'll do a little better. I think he'll do better, but I think the outcome is a little bit of the same. You think so? I honestly think Gary Russell's good. I've seen him. I saw, I remember seeing him when he debuted. Not debuted, but he was like a, a his record. I think it was like seven wins, and I don't know how many knockouts debuting on a on HBO in a sixth round or eight rounder. And this was the first time yeah. HBO ever showed an eight round fight. And HBO said the only reason we're doing it is because of the promote because of the management that he was able to make some moves to put this fighter on on TV. And the they made it, they made it known that they didn't want him on TV because they don't they don't broadcast eight round fights. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and they were well, impressed. They, they were really impressed. Good. They said, you know, this guy's pretty good. He's fast, lightning quick. And I go, man, this guy's pretty good. And I remember hearing about him and hearing about him, you know, in the boxing in the boxing circuit. You know, this guy's pretty good. This guy's fast. This guy has pop. You know, this guy's the next big thing. Watch out for this guy. Keep an eye out for him. I kept an eye out and kept winning and winning and winning, and Gary Russell Jr. is is a uh, he's the he's has the goods. His only blemish is losing to Lomachenko. Which seeing how Loma, seeing how what Lomachenko has been doing within the last two years, it makes Gary Russell Jr. even look way better now because Gary Russell Jr. went twelve rounds with right now a certain boxing. People's pound for pound best fighter in the world. Yeah, he went the full tour. I keep hearing that a lot. And was never overwhelmed. Gary Russell Jr. was never overwhelmed in the fight, so that's our made to quit. So that fight, losing to uh, Lomachenko, has even made him uh, Gary Russell Jr. even look more impressive because this is a guy that went the full tour round with Lomachenko, and yeah, Lomachenko won. He won. A decision. He won a convincing decision, but it wasn't more. It wasn't what we expect now. Lomachenko to do on opponents. Yeah. Like if Lomachenko Gary Russell Jr. fought and Gary, Lomachenko did that to Gary Russell Jr., I don't think people would tout him as the one of the best because he beat him. He beat him convincingly, but it wasn't in the Lomachenko fashion everyone's now starting to get used to, which is the yeah. outclassing your opponents in round I, one and toying and with them. Yeah, and then making you quit or just toying with you. So. Yeah, Gary Russell Jr. Um, since that loss has given has been get, has gotten that credit of like you're good because you went 12 rounds with the greatest or people consider the greatest fighter of this generation right now with only a couple wins. But you know uh, the 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 thing that I loved about that fight is that the the whole 12 rounds and I don't know about you but in my eyes the whole 12 rounds these still showed uh, a threat to Gary Russell Jr. like. Even though uh, I don't know about you, I had I had uh, Joseph Diaz winning two rounds. I gave him, three. but he was still a threat. I gave him three. Gave um, him three. He was a you threat. Know. Joseph Diaz um, never looked like a, a beaten fighter. And when no. I mean when I and when I mean beaten fighter, I don't mean physically beaten, because he had a couple bruises. F- um, poker face. He never he got up every round and fought it like. He needed to, like, he knew he needed to win it. 
he was there to win. He, Gary, um, Joseph Diaz didn't show up to be a loser that night. He showed up to win. No, no exactly. And that, again, that's what I loved about uh, that fight. He, he showed that. Uh, I thought he was going to, again, he, I thought he was going to put on a poker face in the, mid, in, in the late rounds. I guess kind of similar to when Floyd outclassed Canelo. You can tell Canelo was like, I, I, I have enough of this. Like, I can't wait for the fight to end. Yeah. He's being outclassed. And this wasn't the case. Again, like all 12 rounds at when Gary Russell Jr. was, you know, when he was landing those good punches and he was throwing those uh, fast combination, it, it, not once did I say, man, he's he's going to give up. Diaz did not give up. He, still, he was still a threat to him. And, that, and I, that's, that's what made the fight entertaining. And that also... And that also shows you the heart of a, ch- a champion that Diaz is and shows you the type of character that uh, Diaz is going to be in boxing. Exactly. Uh, by the way, well, well, one question. I don't know if you saw this, um, but wasn't it weird that the referee was kind of like, was he kind of like, I don't know. Uh, favoring pick, Russell Jr.? Pick, yeah, favoring. I don't know if I want to say favoring. It was Russell, favoring because this, this was happening in Gary Russell Jr.'s hometown. But I felt that he kept telling you know Diaz to like you know hey watch out for this and that. I don't know I I don't know if it was because Diaz was throwing shots below the belt I don't know but look look I, before I, the fight they're told you can work here you can work here guys this <laughs> is what you guys can work with I did were there a few punches low yes there were there was th- yeah yeah were they intentional no yeah, no <laughs> in the heat of the moment you're trying to get the glove. Any way you can to inflict the damage on your opponent, and and if that mean if that means you hit low uh, inten- unintentional unintentionally, that's what happens, man. But yeah, I felt that the ref took long, uh, broke him up too easy. Uh, yeah, was warning Diaz for low blows right away. Um, I didn't like that, um, especially because it's in the hometown of the of the champion of the guy who. Uh, is favored to win. I didn't like that, it, but it's it didn't. It's, it still didn't take away of how good the fight was. No, exactly not. It didn't take away. It didn't it take didn't away. Take... So coming from that fight that was entertaining, a twelve round good fight. Uh, mm. We we went to another twelve round battle. Uh, Donis Superman Stevenson's versus Badu Jack the Ripper for the WBCs <laughs> and Ring Magazine's light heavyweight championship of the world. Um, I had Badu Jack winning. I mean, my prediction was Badu Jack winning by decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had Adonis Stevenson winning <laughs> by uh, decision or not? I forgot. I'm not to recall. Decision, I think I said. And I said that regardless, this is going to be one of the classic. This is going to be another great light heavyweight battle. I was right. I wasn't right on the winner. I was right that this was a, a nice light heavyweight battle. Yeah, I was about to say. It was entertaining. It was pretty It was an entertaining fight. fight. Um, Adonis Stevenson... Easily won the first five rounds, in my opinion. Um, first, and he gassed out. And Badu Jack does what Badu Jack does. He's more of a, a guy who starts gaining the momentum in the later rounds, and he's starting to get the momentum. And from what it looked like, was going to win the fight because all he needed to do was win from six to twelve, win on the entire fight, and he was possibly going to get no. Yeah, from round six to twelve, win, and he was going to win the fight. Um, I don't know where Adonis Stevenson hit Badu Jack with a body punch. Or he hit him with something that Badu... It looked like a body punch to me. I have, yeah. to, I have to relook at the video. 
and Adonis backed out. I mean, uh, Badu Jack was backing up, was getting hit more easily, and then the tables had turned because it, it looked like Adonis Stevenson might get the knockout from Badu Jack. And mm. then Adonis then tires out. And then we go into the 12th round, and then it looks like Stevenson might might just get knocked out, not because of the punches Badu Jack is hitting him, by just sheer exhaustion. Yeah. And... It happened to be he got saved by the bell. Because if, if another minute or another 40 <coughs> seconds had gone in that fight, Badu Jack would be now can be in Las Vegas, Nevada, the light heavyweight champion of the world. I, I agree. I really agree. Man, it was it, a very good fight. Uh, I, I, by the way, I was trying to stay awake because it was pretty late, but it was still entertaining. It was still a good fight. Yeah. And, I, a part of me fu- fucking felt, fuck, man, Steve isn't, is, I think he's gonna, th- that's it, I really thought he was gonna lose, especially when he went down. Yeah. So, um, a very good fight, very, very, very good fight, and I remember off, I mean, be, maybe a couple hours before we did the show, I told you that I feel like I have to watch it again to see maybe if it was a draw, but... You you were, you were trying to convince me, like, no way, like, that, that was a draw. That yeah, there, there is no draw. way... You can say Bado Jack won. There is no way you can say Adonis won. The way I just is- the way I summed up the fight right now, the first five rounds easily can go to Adonis Stevenson. And it wasn't because he was beating up. It was because of sheer activity. Because if one guy is throwing all the punches and the other guy isn't doing jack shit, no pun intended because Bado Jack. <laughs> it, but you gotta give the fight, you gotta give the round to the guy who was being more active, me more flashier. Mm-hmm. By by technical, by technicality, you got to give it to him. After yes. the fifth round, Badu Jack was... No, at the end of the fifth round, Badu Jack started to pick up the pace, and that right hand was starting to land more and more. And in the sixth round, he started to land it with frequency and was starting to back up Adonis Stevenson. And round yes. after round, you started to see the punishment accumulating on Adonis Stevenson. You started to see... Again, we, we were talking about the poker faces. You were seeing Adonis poker face starting to hypervent not hyperventilate, but starting to breathe heavily. You started to see mm-hmm. his, the demeanor of his body. His body, his his posture was looking like a man that's tired. Yeah. Badu Jack looked like the fresher man. Round after round. You know, round after round, it's starting to get that. You're starting to think, okay, it's a matter of time before Badu Jack puts this guy on his ass. And mm-hmm. he won't get up. Round 11 happens, and Badu, which I think was Badu Jack's uh, I think I think I can don't recall people correct me if I'm wrong. I felt that was his more offensive uh, a great offensive display by Badu Jack and then out of nowhere uh, mm-hmm. I, I think he gets hit by a punch yeah. and then Badu Jack starts backing up and then you see Adonis Stevenson get his second win back and now he might he might look he looks like he might get the knockout on Badu Jack yeah and then and the commentators ringside said, this round might be the significant round that might change the scorecards in the fight. And I said the same thing. I go, what the fuck? This, that, <laughs> I, I, like I said, I gave the first five rounds to Stevenson just technically because he threw more punches. He was a more active puncher. From round six to round, before round, before round 11, all of them were Badu Jack. Clearly, Badu Jack won the fight. A blind man, a, a, a naturally born blind man picking out his favorite porno movie would have known that Badu Jack won the first <laughs> one round six to round ten. Round eleven was the questionable round because not questionable. 
was the deciding round to where we got the decision from because if Butter Jack would have won the round there and then won the 12th, like he did win the 12th, it would have been Butter Jack the champion. Instead, because of that, the judges gave Adonis an, uh, another another day to live as champion because that was the round that basically sealed the deal. Yeah. Sealed the deal. Uh, like I said, there's no need to watch it. I mean, like I said, I just summed it up because round 11, which has to be, a, to me, the most entertaining round of the fight because it was kind of, a, it was a, a, you know, the fight was like, you know, balanced. And then it was, yeah, just, yeah. It was starting to get to the point where it was going to get one-sided. And then out of nowhere, it started, it, it, it went the other way around. And the other fight was starting to get the advantage. And then in the 12th round, like I said, Adonis Stevenson, if, if the fight would have gone on an extra 30, 40 seconds, Adonis Stevenson would have fell of exhaustion, not because of the accumulation of punches that Bottle Jack gave him. But he got saved by the bell, and like I said, what saved him was winning the 11th. And I don't even think Adonis knew he needed to win a round. I, I don't think so. I, if I would have been uh, the corner of Adonis Stevenson, I would have told him, dude, just win one fucking round. We got a draw here. Just win one fucking round, and we got a draw. I'm assuming Adonis, I mean, Bottle Jack knew he needed to win every single round. Because he gave up the first five. So I'm assuming yeah. he knew I need to win everything. So, uh, but that was, it was an entertaining fight. Um, I, I want to see the rematch. I want to see it. Well, I think there will be a rematch. Uh, hopefully. But yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that there is going to be a rematch. Uh, I mean, uh, t- talking about scorecards, I mean, one judge actually only had uh, Butter Jack winning, right? Only two judges had it a draw. <coughs> so th- this has to be a rematch, yeah. And and I think the rematch will be do we'll do a little better. We'll I do a little better than the first one. I think it would be. I think the eh, yeah no no you're right. I think the rematch would be better. Um, mm-hmm. both guys now know each other. Um, Adonis is forty. He'll be probably forty one by the end of this year. Yeah. Father Jack is thirty five. He'll be thirty six. Both guys, you know, uh, who else is Adonis gonna fight? Nobody. That's great. There's nobody else from the fight. Bottle Jack, you know, light heavyweight division isn't as stacked, so the more lucrative fight is between each other right now, especially that the first fight did so good um, on views on Showtime and also did very good um, in attendance. It's pretty good. The only thing that I think that will, might prevent this fight is the fact that Badu Jack said, let's take this fight to Vegas because I feel that the judges don't give me a fair shake because they're jealous of Floyd Mayweather and what he's done in boxing. <laughs> I'll say this right now. It has nothing to do with the fact that your promoter is Floyd Money Mayweather. It has no. nothing to do with the fact that what Floyd's done, what he's done to boxing. It has to do with the fact that you gave up the first five rounds and you needed to win every other <laughs> round on the way there. That's all that had to be. It had to, that was it. Yeah. No, it has I had it a draw. I had it a draw. It had nothing to do with that. Uh, I don't see that fight leaving... I don't see that fight going to Vegas because it'll be the same thing. Because Adon will be like, well, why am I going to go to Vegas? That's, that's your promoter's hometown. I don't want to go to Vegas. Yeah. Somewhere in the middle. Go to New York. Fight in the Barclays Center. True. Fight in the Barclays. Uh, fight, in, fight in Detroit. You know, you get to Detroit, Canada, not that far of a distance. Very true. Uh, fill in the Pontiac Silverdome. Yeah, well... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this was the 80s. Yeah, that shit's been torn down. <laughs> oh, I got torn down? Yeah, it got torn down. There's yes, no more Pontiac cars either? 
What happened? There's no more Pontiac? No more Pontiac, no. Okay. I don't know how long, but it's been closed down for years already. All right, my man. I'll put it somewhere. <laughs> I, I, you, but you get what I'm saying, right? I don't think Bob... Yeah, no, I, I get you. I totally understand. I don't think Adonis is going to come to Vegas. Because he might no, say no, the no. same thing. Well, how do I know I'm not, not going to get screwed over? Take it to, take it to New York. I, no, you're right. I think that's the best thing uh, that could happen. If if not in Canada, you're right. Then New York or Detroit, I don't know, Philadelphia. But yeah, you're you're absolutely right. That's the best. That's the best thing that uh, Bobby Jack can get out of that. If that if he wants it in the U.S., yeah, you're right. It has to be somewhere around there. My bad, that was me. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know, I know. I was about to say, what is this shit? Breaking news, but uh, yeah. That that's that's the best he's gonna get. I think it's the best. Right. Uh, who I mean, like I said, who else in the light heavyweight division <laughs> is there to fight right now? I mean, if these guys don't want to fight each other, or if this becomes more, if, it, if this starts getting dragged out, and you know, oh, I don't want to fight you because you know this and that. Like, where's this gonna go? I mean, we got what Sergey Kovalev, Dmitry Bivol, Artem Beterbiev, Fazekas, Adonis Stevenson. Uh, Marcus Brown, uh, you know, Edler, uh, Alvarez, I'm sorry. We got a lot of guys in the division, um, but the biggest question and the biggest criticism that Adonis has always taken is, is the fact he's never fought, he's never fought good opposition. He's never fought top, top talent. Nope. He is not. So. They've always, there's always been talks of him fighting. Sergey Kovalev, and that never happened. And supposedly he said there was a reason why, and Kovalev denied it. And that's look, the real this fight could have happened three years ago, mm-hmm. three, two, three years ago. Uh, Kovalev fought a fighter and ranked himself the number one contender for Adonis Stevenson's title. Mm-hmm. Jose Suleiman Jr. said, you guys will negotiate. If you guys do not come to terms, you will go to a purse bid. And whoever wins a purse bid wins it, and they said that the, they will, the fight gets done. Okay. Nothing happened. Kathy Dew was made a event, couldn't come negotiation with Adonis Stevenson's promoter and his management team, Al Heyman. Okay. The deadline passed. Now you guys have a purse bid. Whoever comes up with the most money wins. Mm-hmm. Well, even before the purse bid began, <laughs> Sergey Kovalev's promoter backed off and said, oh, "We we don't want to fight for your title no more. We don't want to fight Adonis." <laughs> We're like, "Wait, what, what are you talking about? All you got to do is come up with the most." So this is how a purse bid works, Brian. If me, yeah. if I have a fighter and you have a fighter and we're both promoters, and your fighter and our fighter are, ma- are mandated to fight, we are to come up with the money. So whoever comes up with the most money, it becomes the split. So it evenly becomes a 60-40 split. And whoever wins the first bid will, will say when they fight, where they fight, and what day they fight. They, okay. They basically, it, 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 the, con- the contract said, okay, I run this show, I run that show. Now it's up to you if you want to sign. If not, you can leave. But basically everything's set in stone. The split... Who, who is the A side? Who is the B side? It's set. The only difference is whether you will sign or not. Now, even before the purse bid began, Kovalev's promoter backed off. We're like, yeah. what are you doing? What did you back off for? 
this is the fight you guys wanted. You guys wanted Adonis Chickenson. Yeah. Here he is. If he backs off, we know that Adonis doesn't want the fight. Kathy Dewey backed off, and when when they interviewed her, why did you leave the purse bid? Well, we know that Al Heyman has a lot of money, and we know that Al would have won, and we know if Al would have won, this fight would have been taken to Showtime, and Sergey Kovalev has a great relationship with HBO, and we don't want to ruin the relationship with HBO. So you gave up <coughs> a fight wow. for your fighter to fight on a to fight because of a relationship with the uh, with the network. That was the reason why. That yeah. sounds pretty fucking ridiculous. <laughs> so for people to say, "Oh, Adonis don't want to fight me," no, no, no. The fight could have been made already. The what? First of all, we, we didn't even know if Al Heyman could have come up with that money, but I'm assuming we know now because. You know, yeah. Anthony Joshua got offered fifty million dollars, and we'll go into that. Yeah. We go into that. We we'll go into that little topic later. But we know that most likely Adonis Stevenson would have won the purse bid, which meant it was it would have been a 60-40 split or a seventy thirty split, favoring Adonis Stevenson. It would have been in Canada. It could have been on HBO. It could have been on show. It didn't matter. Adonis would have been running the show, and then Kovalev would have been the B side. I don't see a problem with that. But uh, certain people want to paint it to be as well. No, Adonis ducked us, and it, and it, the narrative has been uh, solidified because of what both fighters have done since then. Mm-hmm. Kovalev, after that, came went and fought Pascal twice, fought Andre Ward, and he's fought other, and he's about to fight um, Eddie Alvarez or I forget his name. He's about to fight that guy next, so he has fought. Good opposition after good opposition after good opposition. Adonis, in the hand, going from there, Andrew Fonfaro, a couple other a couple other below ranked fighters, and then Badu Jack. So the narrative goes well. May, maybe Sergey Kovalev's right. Maybe Adonis is ducking. Uh, Adonis is ducking Kovalev because look at the up, look at the opponents Adonis has been fighting, and then look at the opponents Kovalev is fighting. It looks like Kovalev has had the rougher road to get to the top, while Adonis true. Stevenson has had the easier road to stay on top. It's true because every time, uh, what's his name, uh, Stevenson fights, uh, it's never, it's never a how do you, what's the one we're looking for a competitive, a competitive yeah exactly like he's fighting this very very competitive fight uh, not not until he met Photo Jack but before that every time he fights. And I find out who's the opponent, and I'm just again. Everyone goes like, just another. Wait, who's this? I mean, really, you're gonna fight him? It was nothing very exciting. Not until he fought Butter Jack. Look, he fought Nathan cleverly. He no, he fought. Uh, oh my God, I forget his name. No, not Nathan. He fought Nathan cleverly. He fought also the guy who beat uh, David Haim. What's the guy's mm. name? Oh my God, what's his name? Bell, you Tony Bell, you. He fought Tony Bellew. Adonis has fought Tony Bellew before. Okay. Uh, he's fought now with Badu Jack. Uh, I think as as of the last two three years, the opponents have been been uh, haven't been at to par at his level. They've been kind of like fed to him instead of opponents he's had to hunt. But mm-hmm. and that's boxing. At the end of the day, it's a business and. And I guess they're in the business of giving Kovalev those. I mean, Kovalev, 
Adonis Stevens and those type of fights. But let's yeah, continue exactly. on. I think we've been going on this Showtime card, which already it's going to be a week ago that's happened. Uh, let's go to the topic. The next topic is uh, Vasily Lomachenko vacates his junior lightweight WBO top-ranked title belt. Uh, and there's possible a possibility that he might fight Ray Beltran in a unification. What do you think of that, Brian? Well, I think it's obvious. We talked about how like uh, it makes sense that he's going to stay at 135 because that's where now the competition is at. So that that doesn't shock me. I mean, of course he's going to stay at 135. And and again, the the opponent that he's fighting, not surprised as well, really. Uh, I think that will be pretty, maybe another typical Lemachenko fight. But I kind of, again, you, you never know what, what might happen in boxing. So I think that fight will be pretty, you know, pretty good. And we'll see what the fuck happens, really. Again, not surprised he stays at 135. That's where he's, the competition is at. Yeah. No, it makes sense. That's where the competition. That's where the the most uh, <coughs> lucrative pay is gonna be at. Cause you got Mikey Garcia there. You got uh, you got Robert Easter Jr. there. But you know, we heard what the Bob Father said. He won't make that fight. He's not gonna be. It's gonna not gonna be another Pacquiao Mayweather where he has to wait five years to make that fight. He's getting too fucking old. Nick, <laughs> so. it's time to kick the bucket, man. But yeah. Damn. But uh. <laughs> Yeah, so basically, well, we like you said, not basically. We already knew he was in a vacate. We knew that Bray Beltran would have been next in line because Bray Beltran is promoted. I think he's co-promoted or promoted by Top Rank, so it made sense to keep it in the Top Rank family. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, you're right. This is it makes the most sense to say that there more there's more talent, and I think even though he won against Lenares two weeks ago, it it. It wasn't. It didn't come easy. It looked no. easy. It looked easy. It didn't come easy. No, it did not. And that posed a challenge for him, and I think he liked it. I think he liked that challenge. I think he was like, "Hmm, I like the fact that I had to chop this bigger man down. I like the fact that I had to, uh, I had to earn this win a little bit more than a little, a little harder than other fights. I like it. I might just stay here." Well, yeah, I'm sure he was getting fucking tired of uh, fighting. What? Five rounds at least, and then yep. the opponent quits. It was like nothing for him. So yeah, of course he sees the uh, that weight class to be, to be more interesting and more challenging for him. Yeah. All right. Well, jump to the next topic. Anthony Joshua, Joshua, um, Anthony Joshua, and Deontay Wilder. Oh God. Is this fight getting closer, or is this fight getting going further apart? I. I really hope this is getting closer. I really hope the the shit that we read on social media. I really hope that this is just you know toying with us. You get me? Like I just hope that this is a way of saying like uh, I hope this is a way of pissing us off so that when the fight is made, we get really excited. They're just toying with us. But um, just hearing about about this, it really pisses me off. Uh, Anthony Joshua turning down, supposedly turning down. Fifty million dollars. I don't even know if that's a fact or not. Again, it's it's hard to believe when you read shit like this online. But when I read it, I was just like shaking my head, like God. I, I said, please hope that this is fake. I said, hope this is not well, true. Not only turning down fifty million dollars, but the reason to turn down fifty million dollars is he doesn't want to fight in the USA. He wants to fight in the U. He wants to keep the fight in the UK. 
Now, people can easily say, I don't know if you can agree with them, people can easily say, well, he, well, that's because he's the A-side. So he can decide where the fight takes place in the UK or in the US. So I think people will easily just remove that and say, well, he's the A-side. But See, no, but okay, this is what we discussed a couple weeks ago when we heard, not heard, but when Deontay Wilder said, I have sent Deon- Anthony Joshua $50 million. Uh-huh. We, you will get the bigger piece of the pie. But you, you know, you, we will treat you like the A-side. The only difference is you have to come here to fight me. And the fight has to happen between September or December. Do you accept my challenge? Yes or no? Mm-hmm. You know, the rumors are going out, which this could possibly, this segment could possibly be part of the rumor sheet. Did he turn it down because he didn't want the fight happening? In the Because basically you're being offered the money that you want, that you think you deserve because this is about what you think you deserve and what you're worth. And he feels he's worth $50 million. He's worth $50 million and more. Mm-hmm. So you didn't take the fight where you were going to make the most money you've ever made because you, you didn't feel comfortable coming to the U.S. You didn't feel coming to the U.S. And you'd rather mm-hmm. keep the fight in your hometown where you're comfortable. I get the whole A-side thing, but I feel he was being treated as the A-side. The only difference is, is you're being rented out as the A-side. And the, yeah, you're, put it that you're, way. We're renting you as the A-side. Okay, you, you, you're the A-side? Okay, here's $50 million. Here's 50-50 on everything. You know, you're the A-side, though. It'll say Joshua Wilder. You're the, the poster will have your face in the, uh-huh. in the background. We'll treat you like the A-side, but you're going to come out here and fight me in the U.S., why don't you come over? Come on, come over. Money's ready. The money's here. If the if you want to be treated like the A side, here's the money. But guess what? I'm gonna rent you as the A side. I I won't treat you as the A. I'm gonna rent you as the A side, because that's <laughs> basically what you said on social media. You give me fifty million dollars, I'll, I'll I'll come and fight you. Okay. Exactly. The, the His money, own words. He said that. The money is there. If this if this is about business, the money's there. What does it matter? Oh well, we wanna we wanna give the fight, we wanna give the fans a fight. We wanna jam pack a eighty thousand seat arena. Well, the only reason you're jamming eighty thousand seat arena is because you wanna make money. Which is funny because I found out that did uh Floyd Mayweather fighting at the T-Mobile Arena and fighting in the MGM well fighting in the MGM Grand versus Pacquiao and fighting against Conor McGregor at the T-Mobile Arena. Mm. You know that both. The MGM that only has like what 16,000 seats. For yeah, for the MGM, yeah, I think fifteen, yeah, fourteen, fifteen, something like that. And T Mobile only having twenty thousand seats, right? Yes, that's uh-huh. Floyd made more money in ticket sales than Anthony Joshua did versus Klitschko, versus the Cam, and versus Parker. But but that arena, <laughs> but that arena seats eighty thousand. How is it that Floyd Mayweather in a 15,000 and 20 seat arena in two fights made more money than Anthony Joshua fighting Joseph Parker, Vladimir Klitschko in a 80 to 90,000 seat arena? Can you explain that? Wow. Fuck. Big zing right there, man. So if the. mm, I got ice in my mouth. Yeah. If the logic is we want to bring the fight to the UK. 
because this is where the money's at. Because we can we can fit in eighty thousand, and we can make a shit ton of money. Goes out of the window when you got four, you got Floyd Mayweather making more money in two fights than Joshua fighting two fights in that eighty thousand seat arena. Because you know why? Because remember when uh, when the, the fight first got announced that Pacquiao Mayweather was gonna happen? Do you remember the prices for those tickets? Yeah, weren't there like a thousand dollars, maybe? Mm-hmm. Almost close, to, yeah, yeah. Close to it, yeah. He, he, I think even like the cheap seats, they they were even expensive. Like okay. nothing was cheap. When Conor McGregor versus Mayweather happened, same thing. There were a lot same of same thing, yeah. So when you have a a smaller seat arena, you and the fight is big. You can price the fuck out of those tickets. You can price them out. Mm-hmm. When you have an arena that sits eighty thousand, I mean, you don't have that luxury to say we're gonna sell the tickets for a thousand dollars a piece because people are being like, "Fuck you, we're not gonna go." <laughs> you know, you get me. You get you get where I'm coming from. No, no, I, I, I get what you come from. I, I, I really do, and uh, uh, I don't know. I forgot his name. From from Jotan, but I, I think he also said it. He put it best. You fucking, you're crazy for not taking fifty million dollars. They, they don't grow on tree. And no, what what you're saying is so true, dude. And uh, by the way, that was interesting facts about how much Floyd made in those two fights compared to Anthony Joshua on eighty thousand seats. I mean, it's it's pretty mind blowing actually. Uh, just to hear that, I didn't know nothing about that. So that's pretty interesting. So they, I mean that. If you, if the logic is there's more money in the UK because we're gonna put you in a bigger seat, a bigger arena, the logic's thrown out the window. Yeah, that logic's thrown out. Then fifty million dollars seems better because for, you're telling me you're gonna give me fifty million dollars and we're gonna split the ticket sales fifty fifty, and I'm fighting and we're gonna fight in a sixteen twenty thousand seat arena. The logic means the money's here because people want to see the fight. He Anthony Joshua was, was in an NBA game and you have one of the commentators saying, hey, when is this fight going to happen? I want to see this fight. Mm-hmm. You know, he's out here in the States and, you know, we were hoping that today they would have announced, hey, we have a deal. We're going to have the unification. We're going to be, we're going to have an undisputed heavyweight champion soon. It didn't happen. I'm hoping it, this doesn't happen as soon as we end the show. And we look on Instagram, and there it is, big announcement. That's on, I'm on my phone. I'm looking every fucking minute to see if there's no big announcement. There's a fight happening. That's good. Keep an eye on that. <laughs> I, oh, I'm, I'm keeping an eye on that. Keeping an eye. But, uh, again, it's, it's fucking frustrating, man, when fights like this don't get made because of this and that. And... Again, I, I hope it's I hope it's false. I really do hope he, he did take the money, and I do hope they actually are um, finalizing this fight as they make us think that, you know, we're not even close to it. But, uh, again, I, I hate it. I just hate that this is what's happening, and I just hope it's false because, come on, turning down $50 million. What the fuck, man? Hey, uh, only they know. Look. At the end of the day, it's it's a they're prize fighters. They're fighting for a prize, and that's money. But we've said it numerous times: the money's there. The, yeah. mon- the money's been there. But uh, <coughs> let's continue going. Yeah. Next topic: talking about money. Uh, Adrian, the problem Broner, on social media, sent that's out okay. a uh, 
a uh, can I say it? A copy, a memo, because uh, I don't. We didn't discuss this a couple weeks ago, but uh, Eddie Hearn announced that he signed a lucrative billion-dollar deal with a company called Design, which will yeah. now stream. Will basically be like the Netflix for boxing, mm-hmm. in which they will stream fights. Um, and so Eddie Hearn said that this is this is a a big this is a big thing for boxing. This is gonna shake up the boxing world. This is gonna turn boxing upside down, and all this stuff. Well, I guess Eddie Hearn sent out an offer to Adrian Broner, in which it read: "Further to our recent conversation, you may have seen our announcement last week for a new deal for 16 shows per year in the U.S. I would be very interested to offer Adrian a three-fight promotional agreement as follows: Fight number one, September." September of 2018, purse $2,000, $2 million, I'm sorry. Fight number two, happening in, on March 2019, $2.2 $2. $2 million. Uh-huh. Fight number three, September 2019, $2.5 million. <laughs> and this will give AB security and also a concrete schedule to work from three fights in 12 months. Adrian Pro Adrian Broner replied, and I'm gonna try to do my best Adrian uh, Broner impression. <laughs> oh man, you know, A B, albino babies. I'm sorry, Eddie. You a good guy and all, but you tried to give me the worst deal than Rock Nation offered me. Hashtag this shit's over. Hashtag <laughs> slave deal. Emoji middle finger. And what a douchebag. <laughs> so he go, he went on later on, and another one puts my credit so good in the streets that I can bow a red light. Yeah. Don't know what that means. I don't, don't want to hear any bullshit what he said. Only only if people knew how much money I really touched. LOL. Fuck that deal I got, Al Heyman. Another one. <laughs> Another one was a picture of the Showtime logo. Uh, In which he puts, my loyalty was Showtime, Steven Espinosa, and Al Heyman. Emoji kiss, (laughs) AB. Oh, man. Fighters have said that Adrian Broner is ignorant because how do you compare a slave contract to the type of money that you're being offered? What a, what a stupid motherfucker. <laughs> oh, People who don't know Rock Nation three years ago uh-huh, that's offered right. Adrian Broner $40 million for I don't know how many years. Broner turned it down and said no. Eddie Hearn offered him this amount of money and people are saying what the fuck. Because people are comparing the purses that he got for fighting Adrian Granados, the purse he got for fighting Mikey Garcia, and the purse uh-huh. he got for fighting uh, Jesse Vargas, and are saying, "How do you turn that down when you made less money? You're basically made less money fighting those guys, and you're being on more. You're being offered more money for this for this deal." What's your take? Like, first of all, what do you think? And I know you're not. I know you're the biggest Adrian Broner fan out here. Now, okay, so 
Um, again, um, who who offered who offered him the most money, really, overall? What do you mean? Now, because I, to, to answer this question, I mean, I I want to know who did, did Rock Nation offer him more money? You think he will make so, more money with Rock Nation when Rock because... Nation became a promotion company and they acquired Miguel Cotto, uh-huh. uh, Guillermo Ringendal. They offered contracts to a couple fighters that were on Al Heyman's side, and one of those fighters was uh, Adrian Broner. Now I forgot the con- I forgot the deal that Cotto has, but it was a very good deal, which guaranteed Cotto X is amount X is amount yeah. for whatever, and it didn't matter who he fought. It was he was going to get paid that amount regardless. Adrian Broner uh, was offered forty million dollars. I don't know if it was for uh, X is amount of fights. Or X amount of years. All I know is that Rock Nation offered him $40 million to sign. You sign with us. We guarantee you $40 million for, again, I don't know if it was for, let's say, six fights, ten fights, three years, four years. I don't know how many years. Again, I don't know what the contract detail was. Adrian Brona said no. no well, the, the impression that I'm getting is that uh, it seems like he should have, you know, made a deal with Rock Nation. Well, the thing you is, know. though... He can't. We. I mean, I'll read it again if you want. I'll read it again. Uh huh. And this one, it only if people knew how much money I've really touched. Fuck that deal. I got Al Heyman. <laughs> but do you know what? Then actually, I don't know how much fucking money he's actually touched. Cause he made. If, he made. If like, he's content. How much money he's made? Now. How much money did he make against Jesse Vargas? Like, was it one point two? Something like that. Yeah. One point two million dollars. Basically around like a million or two million he made. So, like I said, well, if he's content with the money he's making right now, then then I guess, hey, he does whatever the fuck he wants, really. And I know you can say I'm not I'm not a big fan of his, and I, that's the best answer I can give. If he's very happy with the money he's making right now, then I guess he shouldn't make any deal with anybody. No, no, you're right. Well, if he's happy with it, good. I don't know if him saying that. Oh, if they knew how much like, money I touched, I don't fucking know how much he makes. So, if he's happy with it, then don't don't make any sudden moves. Then then stay with Al Heyman and Showtime, and that's it. Okay, I agree. He, huh? I wouldn't say slave contract. Is there other fighters that like uh, Eddie Hearn just signed Gabe Rosado? We yeah. don't we don't know how much money, but he got signed. I would assume that Gabe Rosado would love to get those that type of paycheck, guaranteed for three fights, um, but you know, he didn't. But another guy that looks like he might jump into the, uh, and take Eddie Hearn's offer is uh, the son of the Mexican legend, which is the rumor. This is the, this is another another rumor sheet. Uh, Julio Cesar Chavez possibly could return under matchroom boxing. Eddie Hearn <laughs> might take the con, might take the deal. Maybe he offered him the same deal. Maybe he didn't. But uh, Maybe. <laughs> my question, two questions is, who is he going to fight and what division is he going to fight? Heavyweight, <laughs> cruiserweight. Uh, I, say, I say, does it really matter, man? I mean, Do we really disappointed care? us all in that fight against Canelo. So, I don't have any hopes for this fucking guy, man. I really don't. I mean, of course, uh, I would be lying if I said I, I, I would not be watching his next fight. I'll still watch it, but I don't expect much with this kid anymore. I don't expect him to improve anything. So, well, he can lose any weight class. 
and I don't expect him to put on a good performance. No, you're right. He looked. I'll, I'll use what Mr. Elliot Bickle says. Why are we talking about this guy? Why do we care? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I don't expect nothing from this kid. From this, really, I'm sorry. He he brought the the, the last name Travis to a shame. Wow. And yes, he doesn't fight like his father. We don't expect. I mean, I don't expect to fight just like his father. But fuck, man, be be decent in the ring, man. Uh, sh- show that you love the sport. You get me? Like, don't be doing stupid shit, getting high, not making weight. Yeah, the shame, the fucking shame. And uh, the fight against Canelo, I, I, I guess we can say we were fooled. I really thought he was gonna bring the fight and do his best, and he did it. And that's the, that, that's when I said, "Fuck this guy!" Really, uh, I don't, I won't believe anything that he says. He can say he will try hard for a fight, and he will train harder. I, I won't believe anything, really. So, what is it easier to say that you're a big Adrian Broner and Julio Cesar Chavez fan? Uh, what would you say? I'm a big fan of Adrian Broner and Julio Cesar Chavez. Yeah, yeah. If you want to say it that way, you know, quote unquote, quote unquote, yeah. What? Well, there. Yeah. Are you interested? Are you interested in the rumor that he might come back? Just uh, okay. Let me entertain this to you. Okay. He's, he's rumored to come back. He's rumored to yeah. sign a three-fight deal with Eddie Hearn, most likely in the streaming service that he has. He's rumored to possibly fight between August fourth or August eleventh at a catch weight of one sixty-nine. <laughs> and three opponent, three opponents are possibly being named. Or being thrown out there. Sergio mm-hmm. Mora, former super welterweight world champion. Yeah. Gabe name? Rosado, who just signed to, to Matchroom. And the man who just got into a second round knockout loss, Vanis Rosen. Okay. Now, saying what you just said, are you even interested? Or should I just say, fuck it, let's go to the next topic? He gets killed. He gets killed by Sergio Mora? Probably gets killed. Yeah, dude. I'm sorry. He gets killed by Gabe Rosado. What the fuck this kid has to offer now? <laughs> you know? Surprise me. Surprise me, Chavez. If you can win this, I don't have much faith in this fucking guy anymore. I really don't. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can maybe try to convince me. And you may be right. Because you know more shit than me. You may be right. I know. I'm just, I, I, just, I, just like to, I just like to piss you off a little bit. <laughs> I can see that. I can really see that. But uh, I, I, I don't, I don't have no faith in this fucking guy anymore. Chavez Jr. You know, every, every time I mention about his father, I always have to make it clear: senior, not junior, but senior. I did that with my, uh, my, you know, my in-laws when I went to Sacramento. When I told them, when they asked me who, who are some of the fighters I really love to see, and Chavez was name was I mentioned Chavez, and I kept saying senior, not his fucking dumbass son. So. I have no faith in this kid, dude. I really don't. All right, man. Calm down. Calm down. Calm down. Uh, I'm sorry. All right. Let, 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 me, let, me try, <laughs> let me try to cheer you up, then. Let me try to cheer you up. Let me... Let me, let me. I, don't want, I don't want to sound like a pissed off, you know, uh, teenager. <laughs> but um, I just don't have faith in that guy no more, really. What about that Topoli, there's a deal reached for Danny Swift Garcia... Versus Showtime, Sean Porter. Oh, now that's that sounds like a good fight. That's a, you know what, and it means more because back then when it was just them two only fighting, I'm just like, 
Yeah, it'll be entertaining, but it wouldn't mean much. But now since they're fighting for the vacant WBC uh, belt that was, I don't know if we want to say that was dropped by Keith Thurman or the strip, whatever. I think that will be a good fight. And I, I hope so. Hope, hopefully it does happen, supposedly in August, supposedly they say, uh, at the Barkley Center. But I like that fight. I think that will be a really good fight. And you're, you're going to see them really try hard to really win, you know, the belt. I, I don't think Sean Porter's ever won the uh, WBC belt, right? No, no, he's won. He's only... Funny thing is, Sean Porter is considered an elite fighter, but he's only a one-time champion. He held the WB, uh, IBF, IBF welterweight champion, and, lo- and then lost it to Kell Brook. Other than that, he's been basically clawing his way back to title contentions. By yeah, there we go. So this would be another uh, his third crack at the title. Because he there fought Keith Thurman, and then he fought, uh, and now he's fighting Danny Garcia for the title. Uh-huh. So he's had a, a exactly. se- this is the second crack at a championship belt. Exactly, there we go. Sean Porter, he, he's, he's going to be hungry for that belt. And Danny Garcia, he, he wants it because he already tasted it. He tasted that belt already, and now he wants it back. So oh, he wants I think it. that'll be a good fight. All right, guys, we're back. We had to take a quick break, but uh, Brian was uh, telling us how he thinks uh, Danny Garcia versus uh, Sean Porter would be a terrific fight. I totally agree. The deal is reached. Uh, August 25th is the date that's being discussed. Possible Barkley Arena. Who knows? Could be Vegas. Could be Barkley. Could be Philly. Could be anywhere. I think it's a great fight, especially in the welterweight landscape uh, where we have Earl Spence uh, in our list regarded as the number one, uh, in our list, the best welterweight in the world. Earl Spence fighting in two weeks. Uh, this is a great fight to make, and I agree with you. I think it's a, it's a good fight. Um, it's a win. It's a... Win-win. Whoever, uh, whoever wins puts himself as one of the best welterweights in the world, and the fans win. Exactly. So it's a I, win-win. I agree. Well, Brian, this, this basically would have been the end of the show after talking about Danny Garcia versus uh, um, Sean Porter. But in boxing, you get a lot of shit, and we're getting some stuff right now. I'm trying to look for it because you send it to me, I think. Uh, it was. It's been reported that. Well, first of all, let me read, let me say this, say this. All my me, me and Brian are related. We're brothers, and uh, Brian, you know better than anybody. I don't like to say I told you so. I hate to say it. I don't physically like to say it. Out of the words, I told you so. That yeah. I, I fucking told you so. Yeah. When this May fifth card. And Canelo Alvarez Triple G didn't happen. I said, I think they'll negotiate again. I think they'll get close. I think we'll start hearing from Golden Boy Promotions saying that Triple G's being unreasonable with his demands. And we're going to pull out and we're going to go find someone else. Because you know what? Triple G needs us. We don't need him. Well, Uh that ain't take too fucking long. No. Eric Gomez and Oscar De La Hoya have gone out and said, they're done. They're no longer going to deal with Triple G for his unreasonable demands. I'm reading here a quote from Eric Gomez, Golden Boy Promotion employee. After hearing, we sent Triple, G a te- we sent Triple G's team a contract with the terms that we agreed on before. <clears throat> Sorry. Eric Gomez, president of Golden Boy Promotions, quoted saying, Then they came back with terms that are impossible for us to accept. 
It's clear that they don't want to fight Canelo. The best way to get out of a fight is to make ridiculous terms. Canelo will fight in September. We are, talk we are talking to other promoters. We're talking about Danny Jacobs, Billy Joe Sanders, Jermel Charlo, Gary, Gary O'Sullivan, and even David Lemieux. David Lemieux. This week, there was, I think it was with the premiere for the show called The Contender. De La Hoya was also asked what's going on with the negotiations. He basically said, Triple G's being unreasonable. He's scared. He's That's scared. You know, he accepted the first, he, you know, why can't he accept the offer? He's scared. He's making ridiculous demands. We're just going to move on. Who knows? We might fight Danny Jacobs. We might fight Jamal Charlo. We're looking at other possibilities because we don't think Triple G wants to fight us. What is your take, Brian? Because, again, I don't like to say I told you so, but I'm starting to be Nostradamus here. <laughs> it's basically of what you called it. I mean, I, I'm curious what were the ridiculous demands that Triple G's team did, said. That's what I'm curious. What were the demands? I, I, I like to believe of what you said. I, I like to believe it wasn't ridiculous. I'm pretty sure they probably asked for... Uh, maybe maybe more money, or was it that, you know, what was it again you told me that they, they, they might do, that Triple okay. G might say that... If that... I'm Triple G, if I'm Triple G's team, uh -huh. and, we and we were ready to fight for another big payday, and it gets canceled because the guy I was fighting may or may not eat a lot of clambutal tacos, uh -huh. I said, it would not be surprisingly... That we they they should ask for a guarantee that if if he does it again, Triple G still gets paid a a a, a good portion of what his yeah. purse was gonna be. So if his purse was gonna be thirty million, at least give the man five million for his trouble because he basically gave up eight weeks of his entire camp to train for this guy and it never happened. Or uh, or <coughs> for uh, for every te for the test he loses. You know they're supposed to do something, or give him maybe he instead of making thirty million dollars, he's asking for thirty-two million dollars, asking for a little bit more money. You know, knowing that this car can be put in jeopardy once again if Canelo decides to to think he's above boxing one more time. Uh, I, I, I don't think they're unreasonable demands. Uh, I don't think they are. Uh, we don't know I, what I they are. So. First of all, we don't know what the demands are. There we go. We don't know the demands are, and that's why I was about to say that I hope the. His team, I do hope they say something. I do hope that they, they actually say what what were the ridiculous demands, which most likely was probably that deal. But, of course, Golden Boy is going to make it seem as if, like, that was a ridiculous demand that we can't meet, and they're just going to make it seem like Triple G was just, just did not want this to fight. This is uh, my thing. Sorry to interrupt. What? No, no, no. Yeah, this is on. my thing. The whole phrase, he is scared of... Exactly. That pisses me off. That makes me laugh. If he was way, scared... Too. He wouldn't have take. He wouldn't have signed on right away for the first fight. If he exactly. was scared, he wouldn't have signed right away for the second fight. The second fight. Mm -hmm. So the notion that Triple G is scared of Canelo is laughable. It really is. The man wouldn't have signed up to for two fights. Again, we here at this show, we don't know what the we don't know what the demands are. Mm -hmm. We can only. Yes, we can you only, only guess. But I said it. As soon as this fight got canceled, I said, Triple G will go on and win his fight. And they will start negotiations after that. 
And I said, this is well, this will be the perfect example whether Triple G, I mean, Canelo's team is going to want this fight again. Is that they're going to start making excuses of why this fight won't happen right away. They're going to say that the Triple G is being unreasonable. He's asking for too much money. And they don't want to deal with him. Because at the end of the day, Triple G needs us. We don't need him. And they're going to move on. And yeah. this, is the, this is the other prediction I made. That they're going to fight Gary O'Sullivan. The yeah. number one contender for Triple G's W for uh, one of for one of Triple G's belts. Guess what? Gary O'Sullivan's mentioned in this list as a possible Canelo opponent. Well, you want to know something else? He's mm-hmm. also promoted by Golden Boy Promotions. What a coincidence! Oh, what a coincidence! Yeah. He, I mean, the the people that he uh, the fighters at Deloitte list right. I'm pretty sure he's the only one David that Lemieux? is signed to... Like, there we go. Him and David Lemieux, right? Those and are the two only fighters that are being promoted currently by Golden Boy Promotions. Or co-promoted. Yeah. Billy Joe Sanders is with Frank Warren. Jamil Cholo is a free agent that is advised by Al Heyman. By Al Heyman. Mm-hmm. Danny Jacobs has a, fight, has a contract with uh, Eddie Hearn's Matchroom Boxing. Mm-hmm. Look, it's obvious that he's fighting one of the two Golden Boy fighters. It's obvious. Gary O'Sullivan looks like to me the more, the more uh, clear picture winner of the Canelo sweepstakes because yeah. you said it yourself, Canelo's gonna come off a one year layoff, coming off a niece coming off surgery, and you need something. You and and you need to show. You need to show the crowd why you why you're the best you're the attraction. You need to show why. And Gary O'Sullivan's your guy. And we said it like this. If Gary O'Sullivan goes twelve rounds and gives Canelo troubles, it puts into question whether Canelo was on clambuterol or any type of drugs. If Canelo wipes the floor with this man, it it, it erases in some people's views any doubt that Canelo took any took drugs during the whole time of his career. Yeah. Gary O'Sullivan is the guy. Guarantee this. It is 4.34 Pacific time in California. I'm here in West Covina. You're in Santa Maria right now. I am, quote me on this. They're going to keep saying that Triple G is unreasonable and that they're going to pick Gary O'Sullivan as the next opponent for Canelo to make his make his uh, illustrious return from a suspension. For yeah. a wrongful suspension. I hope that Abel Sanchez, who was very vocal... In the media, in the lead-up to the May 5th fight, about how Canelo is a runner, that Canelo is a new Mayweather, that Canelo is this, that Canelo is that, that Canelo actually tried to walk into the Windsor ring with loaded gloves, that Canelo cheats, that Canelo's, team, that Canelo's team fucks around, that Golden Boy are a bunch of shady assholes, not his words but mine. I hope that Abel Sanchez does an interview and says, what are you talking about, outrageous? All we asked for... Was a guarantee that if Canelo fails a test, we get paid. Exactly. That's what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for his team, his trainer, his team to say something like that. To go, what is he talking about? We only wanted this. I agree. <laughs> and he can't say he's too busy making commercials where he's eating steak. <laughs> You're going to have time to make this. I'm hoping that there is that something comes off of it. Or I'm hoping Tom Loeffler from K2 Promotions says something about this because 
If not, Golden Boy Promotion will run with this. Will run. Will run with the narrative. The Triple G is a scared fighter. Yeah. I repeat again. There is no possible way that a man who signed up to fight you last September and almost beat you in many people's views and who signed and, up willingly again. And took his best punches, by the way. Oh, yeah, and who took your best punches and then said, you know what? I don't think you hit hard. You know what? I want to fight you again and signed up to fight you again in, in May is afraid of you. I don't believe that. I don't buy that shit either. I don't buy that shit for one minute. Golden Boy can feed that shit to someone else. Exactly. Don't fucking feed it to us. We don't want that shit. Not us. I fucking give us diarrhea. Fuck no. So, since those comments, I'm looking up someone right now. Hold on. Yeah. Since the comments of, uh, okay, since the comments that uh, Golden Boy said that the possible opponents that we are searching for are Danny Jacobs, who is right now the WBC's uh, mandated, or he's one of the belt holders. You know how the you know how the alphabet belts are. Yes. Billy Joe Sanders, who is a WBO middleweight champion. Jamel Charlo, or Jamal, I'm sorry, who is the number one contender for the WBC. Gary O'Sullivan, and Billy Joe Sanders. Well, since then, it has been reported that Eddie Hearn has been contacted by Golden Boy Promotions. About a possible mm. fight between him and Danny J ja- of uh, his fighter Danny Jacobs against Canelo Alvarez. Now this could this could have fell into the rumor shit because again, this is an outside this is a source close to the situation that says Golden Boy has has contacted Eddie Hearn. Well, two hours ago, Danny Jacobs just posted us on Instagram, and I know you fans can't see this, but I'm showing my brother B Ray. Danny Jacobs put your thoughts. Ooh, he put thoughts. Exclamation point, question mark. A picture of him photoshopped with Canelo doing a stare down at a mm-hmm. weigh-in. Is well, Danny Jacob, do you want to, do you think that this fight, do you want to, do you think that he was contacted and said, hey, there's a possibility that you might fight Canelo in September? Uh, there's a chance of, of that, or it's just Danny, Daniel Jacobs just. Like, oh shit, I'm happy for it. Exactly, or maybe he's just showing interest. They haven't contact uh, contact him yet, but maybe it's just uh, just him, just him posting a random picture and just asking us what 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 do we think if that fight happens. It's it's one well, of them too. Either he was already contact or or not, but he's just asking people. Jermall Charo was asked, "What do you think? Your name's being mentioned in the possible Canelo sweepstakes." Lions only said, "Hey, we down to fight anytime." Mm-hmm. I'm cool with it. They know how to reach me. They know how to get to my team. We can get this fight done. Mm-hmm. Billy Joe Sanders will probably be, hey, let's do it. I'm down. Uh, David Lemieux, we... I think he's happy to get any type of payday right now. Yeah. And Especially Gary O'Sullivan, I, I I haven't seen much of that guy, but I think I don't think a, I don't think he'd complain about a good Canelo payday either. True. But. I seeing stuff like this. I don't think they're ever gonna fight. I said it. I said it after the the Triple G fight. I think that Triple G is not gonna fight Canelo. Ever at all. I don't think they're gonna fight. No, I don't ever. think so. I you think, think they're I, just I gonna think go. Of, hey, we gave him the fucking fight. That's it. I think out of principles, he's not gonna fight him. 
I think he respected him in the first fight as a man. He respected him as a fighter. I think he respected him. I think he even gained more respect from after the fight, first fight, but after testing positive for clenbuterol. And it can be said he didn't do it on purpose. It was an accident. There's tainted meat. Whatever. It doesn't matter. I think Triple G lost more respect for the man. And the way he has conducted himself since the situation, I think Triple G's looking at, you know what? I don't need this. You will not define my legacy. I don't respect you as a man, and I truly not, right now, do not respect you as a fighter. And I think out of principle, he won't fight him. I don't think he it's, will. I don't think he will. Because if... Uh, it sucks to hear that, really. I don't think he will. I don't, I, I don't, if this was about money... Look, Triple G knows anywhere else he's not going to be making the same amount of money he made against Canelo the first time. Or he could have made against Canelo the second time. Fighting Billy Joe Sanders might get, you know, give him good money, give him good money, but not the type of money he would have got against Canelo. Fighting Danny Jacobs on a rematch, same thing. And all these fight, if Triple G were to fight all any of these fighters that are being mentioned for a possible Canelo opponent, they would not match the type of money he would make fighting Canelo. Again, the only way he would, if he wants the money and he wants to fight, the only other guy he can get more money out of. Then making a Canelo fight happen as against TV, the best ever, Floyd Money Mayweather. That's the only fight I can see him making better money than Canelo. Yeah, I agree. That's the only fight right now. If if he does come back and challenge him. But yeah, that's the only fight that he would make way more money. Probably double the money, triple the money that Deloy offered uh, Triple G. Now going, going back to Canelo... What would you say if if he chooses to fight Billy Joe Sanders or Danny Jacobs? Let's say it's announced. Canelo, May 5th, I mean, September 12th, September 13th, he's back. You know, Cowboy Stadium or T-Mobile Arena. He's going to fight Billy Joe Sanders for the middleweight championship of the world. Or Canelo is going to return, and he's going to fight the number three best middleweight in the world, Danny Jacobs. What does uh, that tell uh-huh. you? What do you? What is your impression? Because... If he fights a guy like David Lemieux, I think Canelo wins. Hands down beats David Lemieux. Yeah, I was about to say, if he fights people, someone like David Lemieux, Canelo wins. But if he fights guys like Billy Joe Sanders and Daniel Jacobs, then that makes you say, shit, that's another challenge for him. That's a challenge for Canelo. You think he takes it? Will he take it? You think he'll take it? Yes or no? I don't know. You know what? With him, I don't know. Deloitte? No. I feel like when it comes to the lawyer, he he's gonna shut it down. Canelo, no, knowing him, how he you know he 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 says he wants to you know fight the best. But he'll he'll probably say yes, but I don't think it, it's it's his his uh, I don't think it's his decision. I think it's down to Deloya, and I feel like Deloya would easily turn it down. No. So that's my take. Canelo most likely yes. Deloya easily would turn it down. That's just my opinion. So you mentioned. So you think Canelo, Canelo will probably take the fight, want to take the fight, but yeah. his team, his uh, promotion company will not. Here's my other question then: Do you believe that his promotions, his promotion company, and I mean he, I mean Canelo, is holding him back because within the last couple weeks, it's been kind of a contradiction between both guys. Yeah. They'll say, "Well, uh." What was the, what was the first contradiction? You got it was uh, well, can, 
Oh, but uh, Canelo, Canelo's having surgery, Canelo's having it. plastic surgery done on himself. There we go. No, I'm not. Um, I'm having my knee. I'm having my knee operated on. Yeah, like Canelo would not volunteer on any type of testing until he has a fight set. I'm testing myself in Nevada one year. Right now, we're not gonna fight Triple G. His his uh his uh the his demands are unreasonable. Should we win now? Wait until Canelo come out and says something on in, on Instagram saying, "Okay, here in Mexico we don't fuck around. Give that man his money." Or uh, like in the movie Rounders with uh, uh, um, Ian Malkovich, give that man his fucking money. <laughs> Do you think that that will be? <laughs> uh, yes, I, I I think with the way that's been going on for the last couple months, I I won't be surprised if that ends up. Looking like that, where Canelo goes, just give him his fucking money and make the fight happen now. Like uh, Mayweather told Leonard Ellaby when he heard Ricky Hand calling him shit, he called yeah. Leonard and goes, hey, book the fucking fight. Make that fucking fight happen, exactly. So, I, I we're, we're most likely going to see that next. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> do you think, though, because, do you think that will be, because, I mean, it's been it's been two times. Will, yeah. the, will the third time be the charm now that we're, we're going to see Canelo contradict his promotion, promote promoter, and be like, you know, like, again, we're going to go back. Canelo had surgery. Eric Gomez, the president of Golden Boy Promotion, goes, yeah, it's not surgery. It's plastic surgery. He's having plastic surgery done. What kind of plastic? It's plastic surgery. Canelo then comes out in a Twitter picture, I mean, Instagram yeah. picture, with a cast on his knee saying, to correct people's reports about me, I didn't have plastic surgery. I had my knee operated on because I had something wrong with it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then it goes a couple weeks ago. Hey, why aren't you gonna? Are you? Why haven't you registered for VADA testing? Blah blah blah. We're not gonna register until Canelo has a fight set against Triple G. Until the uh, until both names are on the contract. Mm-hmm. A couple days later, I will be now volunteering to the for the. I will now be volunteering myself <laughs> for uh, year-round VADA testing. You know, I, I, I it's a contradiction. I really think Golden Boy was his place, but man. I think he needs to leave. <laughs> Look. Golden Boy promotion is any other promotion company. They used to put up the biggest fights in the world. They used to have the biggest fighters in the world because because of one man for two men only. Richard Schaefer and Al Heyman. Because... When Golden Boy Promotion started, it was only fighters like De La Hoya, B-Hop, Marco Antonio Barrera, and Shane Mosley were the only fighters that were t- they were signed up to Golden Boy Promotion. Four fighters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They hooked up with Al Heyman. They got they they started they started promoting co-promoting Deontay Wilder, Keith Thurman, Adrian Broner, Danny Garcia. Amir Khan and they started promoting Florida Mayweather fights. So they became the biggest entity in boxing because of all that. And then the founder of the promotion company finally wakes up from his three four year cocaine binge and (laughs) says I need to look at the books. Wait. All these fighters that we've been promoting. All these pay per view cards we've been promoting. We don't own these fighters? They're not contracted fighters? <coughs> you know what? No. Fire the president. 
you give these fighters an option. Either you signed or you get out. Well, basically everyone got out. The guy resigned. And you had to rebuild. Since the re- rebuilding, you've, you've, you've built the company around Canelo Alvarez. They've done a good job as, as far as they've gone right now. Mm-hmm. But with the dispute with the disputed draw against Triple G, with the failed drug testings, with the contradiction of a fighter and a promoter, are they really the top promoter in the world right now? Yes, they're promoting uh, Ryan Garcia. Yes, they're promoting Joseph Jojo Diaz. Yes, they're promoting up and coming young fighters. But is it the promotion company that they think they are? Or is it just any? Is it like a a mom and pop? Is it like uh? Is it like a, I'll use a wrestling term? Is it like type of Vern Gagne type promote like territory? It does. It's recently, lately, it's been looking that way. Because I used to, I used to look at it as like that's like the best boxing promoter promotion right now. It's but the most well known promotion company right now. Yeah. Most well known. Most well known, exactly. Because you, I don't think we, I don't think you would have heard this. You would have heard this on a top rank deal. No, no, I don't think so. No, Bob, Bob would have. I mean, the only time I heard Bob Barron contradict was when after the Pacquiao Mayweather fight, and they said where Bob Barron was swearing that Pacquiao fucked up his shoulder. A month before the fight, yeah, and then, and then Freddie Roach, who trains him, was within training camp with him for the for the three for the four weeks. Said, "Oh, we injured ourselves two weeks before the fight." No, no, Freddie, you injured yourself five weeks ago. How are you gonna correct the man who's in there twenty four seven with the fighter? You're in Vegas, calling, making sure the venues are set. You know, how are you gonna explain that, bro? That's the only time I've seen contradiction between them, between a promoter. Other than yeah, that, that I, I, don't, I cannot recall on the top of my head any other time uh, where a fighter has had to go out and correct the promoter by putting out false information like that. Because for, I, I, I don't, I don't, I didn't find the big deal about the plastic surgery. I didn't give a fuck. But the the drug testing. Why would you say something like that? And say, well, we're not gonna enroll. Why should we enroll? We're until we have a fight set. We're gonna enroll, knowing that your fighter just popped for steroids for pop for mm-hmm. a banned substance. I'm sorry. Why would you say yeah. that? Why would you give people like myself and any other platform ammunition to want to criticize your fighter, to convince fans who used to be who are still Canelo fans, and then convince them, you know what? Maybe he is a cheat. You gave that hole. You gave that little. You gave that you gave a little bit of doubt in people's uh, people's eyes that maybe Canelo did do something because why aren't you enrolling into this program? And then Canelo has to yeah, clean up, and then Canelo has to come in and clean up the mess that his promoter made and say, "No, I am volunteering year-round drug testing, Vada. I'm gonna do it. I'm a clean fighter." It's just not the promotion. I don't think anybody, any boxer, should be in. You get me, like. You shouldn't be fucking dealing with that. That shouldn't. It shouldn't go that way. One person shouldn't be saying one thing and then the other. You get me? Like, come on. 
It's it's fucking ridiculous, and I I think maybe he should just leave. You think he should start his own promotion company? Or uh, I mean, uh, maybe he's better, he, off, or, he's better off joining. I, I don't know. Promotions. I mean, I don't know. I mean, what is out there really that he can? Do? I honestly think the time of being signed to a promoter is over. Do you think he's uh, start his own promotion? Be an, be an independent. Be the, boxers are independent contractors. They can come and go. Why don't you just rent out the promoter? Like we used it. We used the example of of uh, Wilder offering Joshua fifty million, and then people are saying, "Well, Joshua's the A side. He shouldn't do it. no, no." Wilder's renting out Joshua's A side. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm gonna treat you with the A side. I'm gonna give you your money. I'm gonna give you your favoritism, but you're gonna come here. I'm renting you. To, I'm renting your A side. You're just rentable. Mm-hmm. Come here. You're just. I'm gonna rent you. 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 I'll treat you like this, but I'm renting you. Get over here. Yeah. We'll put your name. We'll put. But promoters are now being. I feel if, if, if we learn one thing from the Floyd Mayweather era is you don't need a promoter. You just need him to to help you put the fight, to build the fight, to, to promote the fight. That's it. That's very true. The matchmaking. I'm not saying the matchmaking should belong to the fighter. Because a fighter will always look, some fighters will always look for the for the easy paydays, and some fighters will want to test themselves. But I was thinking about this uh, after I hung up with you, and I'm using the analogy of professional wrestling and how now there's only one there's only one big company now, but technically everyone's still considered independent contractors. Yeah. Independent contractors to me back in because you're a wrestling historian, you can correct me was. I is when we had so many territories across the country, and one day, one month, I will wrestle five shows in Memphis, and then the next week I will be in Miami, Florida, because you're I will, I am being booked to fight to wrestle here, and then I'm being booked here. So you're an independent contractor because you don't belong to any promoter. You belong. You're just being booked for wherever they need you for for how many extra yeah, days. Uh-huh. So that's exactly. what it made sense to be an independent contractor. But when you're being told, no, you're going to wrestle here only, and I will pay you this, and we're going to split this, aren't you an employee? Yes, that's an employee. <laughs> now. Yeah, you're working, you're actually working for somebody, yeah. You I am working for, for somebody, there's a check, but I don't get the benefits. Boxing, I think, if we learn anything, was from the Floyd Mayweather era. Floyd basically looked at it as this. I will fight when I want. How I want, I just need to. I will, and I will use any promoter I need to promote this fight. He basically used the old territories method of going, okay, we well kept it in Vegas, Golden Boy Promotions for a while. Boom. I'm going to fight May 5th, MGM Grand, and this is my opponent. This is your fee. This is, go do your job. Go promote my fight. Mm-hmm. And Richard Schaefer and Golden Boy Promotions will go out there. Press releases, posters, commercials, etc., etc. They did what their job is to promote the fight. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. I, I totally forgot all about that. And you, yeah, you're right. Like the fighters nowadays, they don't really they don't really need a promoter. You're absolutely right. So I think it is time for him to leave if he does. You need if he a promoter to. to promote the fight. Exactly. Yeah. But you don't need a promoter to that extent the way everything is. There's certain matchmakers you have. Like in the promoters, in, the, in a promotion, you got the promoter, 
and you have the matchmaker. This is the guy that basically is going to bring the prospect little by little, bring him up. How do you, you know, now, how do we do that? Because if you give every fighter their own, oh, you're an independent contractor. You can fight wherever you want. You can fight whoever you want. Mm-hmm. Mm, there's, I think there's, if, if by doing that, you open a big hole because then you're going to have guys, you're going to have more Donna Stevensons than you're going to have uh, Joseph Jojo Diaz who are willing to fight the big fights. But I think, I contradict what I just said earlier, but I think, I think when it, if you're a big fighter, like Canelo, uh, like Floyd Mayweather, uh, like Triple G, I don't think you need promoters anymore. You're no longer you're no longer in that. I need to be told when to fight and who I fight, what day I fight. No, 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 no. I'm gonna I want to fight this day. I want to fight on this venue. I want to fight against this opponent. Go do your job and go promote the fight. I am paying you to go promote my fight because you're gonna get paid also. Now go do your job. Mm-hmm. That is your job. And I only see guy, I only see a side type fight. Like Anthony Joshua could be Eddie Hearn. I want fifty million dollars. I want this. I want that. Go do your fucking job, Eddie. Yeah. And Eddie's probably doing his job right now. Same as Al Heyman. Al Heyman's an advisor. Al, I want to make this much money. Okay, I'm gonna make sure you make that much money. I'm gonna go make sure I can get that money for you. That's an advisor, but that's different from a promoter. But I think Canelo should just be, should just not part ways. Still work with them, but I think. He should just run his own career now. I don't think he needs Golden Boy to run his career because you're starting to see this contradict the contradiction between both fighters, mm-hmm. but between fighter and promoter. Yeah, yeah, I get it. it's 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 ridiculous. Yeah, and you know you're right. I think that's the best thing he can do uh, right now, which I hope he does really soon. I think that's the best thing he can do. Well, the only thing he's gonna do right now is he's gonna be told, "Hey, come in September, <coughs> you're gonna fight Gary O'Sullivan." Mm-hmm. And that's it. And then we'll see what happens next. I I don't know if he has another year with them. I, didn't he sign a three year contract? I believe, but I'm not sure when exactly was that. But so you just have to wait till it it runs out. You gotta wait. Yeah. And while he waits, we wait because there's no big fights. This, there's no fights this weekend. No big fights. No notable fights this weekend. Next week is also drive. The only other fight is June 9th. Which is mm-hmm. in two weeks. Well, one week away. And which is a big card. You got in Vegas, you got Jeff Horn versus Terrence Crawford for the WBO top-ranked title. Mm-hmm. And then a couple hours south in the Staples Center, you got the rematch of Leo Santa Cruz versus Abner Morris. And then you got another card of Jermall Charlo versus Austin Trout. For Jamal Charlo's WBC Super Welterweight title. Yeah, it's a big card. Yeah. Um, next week we'll be doing the breakdown. Hopefully there's new developments on the Joshua Wilder situation. Hopefully my prediction is right. And Golden Boy will announce that the illustrious return of Canelo versus Gary O'Sullivan. Or I may be wrong and maybe Triple G will say, you know what? I will take whatever deal you want, sir. I just want to yeah. fight that. I just want to fight that ginger. Yeah, <laughs> and hopefully Broner keeps entertaining us with some Instagram posts so oh, I can geez. read out loud. I can only wish. Uh, um, Tyson Fury, right? Does he have a fight? I don't know if it's that. Holy shit! Thank you. Yeah, Tyson Fury right? just announced his fight. Tyson Fury comes back. Yes. What do you think of that? Uh, very curious. I'm just very curious at how uh, he will do. How how his performance will will look like. 
So I, that, that's what I'm curious of. Okay. Mm. Will he show us that you know what? Yeah, he, he does deserve. He does deserve to fight guys like uh, Anthony Joshua. I don't think the first fight's gonna prove anything. I think the first fight just to get that ring rust out. Mm-hmm. The second fight, it's gonna be more of a okay. Does he have it? Does does he have what? Does he still have it? Did he yeah. lose it? That's what it's in. That I think the first fight's gonna be the. Mm-hmm. The, I mean the, first, yeah, the second fight's gonna be more of the indicator of whether or not he he could still go. Yeah. Oh shit! It's been yeah. announced. Uh, Freddie's first bid scheduled between former two division world champion Swift Garcia and former IBF uh, welterweight champion Sean Porter was canceled after the management of the two fighters reached an agreement, according to Dan Rafael. Garcia will fight Porter on August 25th at the Barclays Center in New York City. This is official or just? Yeah, it's official. It was reported by Dan Rafael. Nice. Yeah, let me let me check ESPN real quick. Let me log off this porn right now. Yeah, check there. That's pretty good. Can't wait for that then. I don't see nothing. Oh Why yeah, not? I think so. Uh, purse bid scheduled for Friday. Blah blah blah. And Porter are due to meet for the world title. That injured. Yeah, so it's uh, Dan Murphy just confirmed it uh, five hours ago. So. Wait, how, how long ago? Five hours ago? Well, Dan Murphy posted five hours, but I guess everyone's ready. Everyone's now saying for sure, yeah. Nice. So yeah, it's official. It's official, folks. It's official. We'll break that fight down when the time comes. We'll see what happens and all that good shit. Uh, but Brian, I'm a little tapped out. I gotta get dinner ready, and I know you gotta get ready to go out. Yeah. Um, we will be back next week, folks. Hopefully, a little earlier in the week than to, like today. But uh, I want to give a quick shout out to the new show that popped out this week. Uh, Ramley Alcoholics is always spreading the word and always spreading in podcast branches. I want to give a quick shout out to the Fever on the Pitch podcast, which now stars uh, Ramley Alcoholics uh, co-host Escaleto and one of his buddies, well not buddies, but basically his brother, Mr. Lou. Which is A.K.A. Mr. L.A. Bickle, who is a constant guy who comments on our page. So, uh, good luck, guys. And uh heard you guys' first episode. You guys are good. And just in case you're hearing this, Mr. L.A. Bickle, you knocked out my, you knocked off my glasses. It wasn't a fucking heavyweight fight. <laughs> Nor a sanctioned <laughs> fight. No one ever determined that you can beat me. I'm just letting that be clear. Oh, man. That was years ago. Shit. Still talking about he it? Still claimed, you know what? what he reminds me of? He reminds me of the what? guy, uh, Mickey Ward's cousin, that talks about... I almost beat I almost beat Sugar Ray Leonard. I almost beat I, I knocked him. Yeah, I knocked, I knocked him down. down. I, I knocked Ray. Sugar Ray down. <laughs> I knocked Sugar Ray. Hey Ray. Hey Ray. I almost had you, Ray. <laughs> this is only Remember when he saw him? Remember when he's like, "Hey Ray, I, I almost had I almost had you." Remember? I almost had you. That's had you, that's that's Mr. Bickle right there. I, 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 I knocked his sunglasses off his face. I knocked it off his face, and he 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 was shocked. And that was fucking 10 years ago, buddy. Maybe more than 10 years ago. You, you're still claiming to the past. That's great. Yeah, yeah, hey, hey. Way more than 10 years ago. Whatever floats your boat, man. Whatever floats your boat, buddy. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's all in good fun. It's all in good fun here. But uh, that's the new podcast is out, guys. So fever on the pitch. If you're a big soccer fan and you want the World Cup breakdown, go there. If you like your boxing, you stay in this fucking place. And you still got your random alcoholics for all the mischief and 
talk we do. Yeah. You got that. But um, we're done with this episode, Brian. You got anything to say to the fans before we tune out? No, I can't. Thanks for listening to us and uh, us just ranting about fucking boxing and uh, of our opinions. And then again, if you disagree with some of the shit we say, let us know. Yeah, just let and us know. We'll, we'll, we'll give you feedback, exactly. Be like, it'd be like L.A. Pickle who writes like a fuck one or two fucking paragraphs of what he thinks of whatever picture uh, videos he posted. There you go. Or he puts it more on your page. He puts it on more on the B-Ray 89. So if you want to, if you guys want to contact us, hit us up on Instagram. We got a, we got a B-Ray page. It was a B-Ray 89 on Instagram. Got wrestling, got boxing, best of both worlds. And then you can hit us up personally on our page at J and B-Ray Boxing Podcast. Always keeping up with the new posts. Always posting some stuff here and there. Hit us up there. And don't forget Thank to download, you. subscribe, and tell a friend. Let's keep spreading this. Let's let's all huddle up together as boxing freaks and rejoice on how boxing is doing this year, 2018. Exactly. I agree. I am your host, B-Ray. I'm, I am your host, Jay. I was like, B-Ray. I looked at you and I go, I'm your host, B-Ray now. I am your host, Jay. It's my brother B-Ray. This is the J and B-Ray Boxing Podcast. We are out. Snoogans.